0: Well, hey friends. This is Eric Nordoff, and you're listening to another episode of CourageCast. Today, I want to talk to you from uh, a little bit of scripture. I Want to give you a little little word, and then um, read a devotional that I read that I think is pretty powerful about the characteristics of a good leader. First, the Word of God, Matthew twenty-three, one through thirty-nine. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, with a capital T, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, with a capital F, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, with a capital I, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore, anyone who swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And anyone who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it. And anyone who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead then and complete what your ancestors started. You snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? Therefore, I am sending you prophets and sages and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly, I tell you, all this will come on this generation. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Whoa, that's a powerful word. That's a powerful word from Jesus. So let me read the uh, devotion from the uh, Bible in One Year devotional written by Nikki Gumble, a pastor. Jesus attacks the religious leaders of his day with strong language. You snakes, you brood of vipers. This language would have come as a complete shock. They were highly regarded, respectable people. The scribes were lawyers. They preserved and interpreted the law. They were authorized to act as judges. They had been ordained after a course of study. They were experts in the scriptures. They were teachers who gathered pupils around them. The Pharisees were lay people. They tended to come from the middle classes, unlike the Sadducees, who were more aristocratic. They were much respected for their piety. They prayed and fasted often. They attended the services. They they gave regularly. They led upright moral lives. They had a big influence in society. They were much admired by ordinary people. Yet Jesus criticizes them for being hypocrites. They talk a good line, but they don't live it. They don't take it into their hearts and live it out in their behavior. It's all spit and polished veneer, is what Jesus said. Jesus' seven woes challenge me to aspire to seven characteristics of a good leader. Pay attention to these. Number one, integrity. Jesus attacks the hypocrisy of the religious leaders. He says they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Integrity is the opposite of this. It means practicing what you preach and making sure that your words lift people up rather than weighing them down with guilt or other burdens. Number two, authenticity. Jesus attacks their superficiality. He says to them, everything they do is done for others to see. But what matters is who you are when nobody is looking. Jesus speaks about your secret life with God. Seek to develop an authentic private life with God. Number three, humility. Jesus warns against loving titles and recognition. Be on your guard so that you are not enticed by prominent positions, public flattery, and being given titles of one sort or another. Jesus warns, don't let people do that to you, put you on a pedestal like that. This is such a temptation, but Jesus says, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Always seek to exalt Jesus rather than yourself. Number four, compassion. Jesus attacks the religious leaders for putting stumbling blocks in the way of others. He says, you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Leaders need to have the opposite spirit, one that is open and welcoming to everyone. Jesus himself set an example of compassion. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I have longed to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Next, vision. Leaders should have big vision. Jesus attacks the small mindedness and pettiness of the religious leaders the ridiculous hair splitting they could not see the wood for the trees concentrate on the important issue pray for god's vision and don't be sidetracked ask god to give you a vision that is so big that I, that without him it is impossible number 6 focus focus on what really matters avoid getting caught up with minor details and becoming legalistic Jesus said, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. Rather focus on the more important matters, justice, mercy, faithfulness, fight against injustice, champion the poor, and demonstrate faithfulness in your relationships with your family and others. And lastly, generosity. This is the opposite of greed and self-indulgence, which Jesus decries. Their inner life is so different from the outer life. Jesus calls you to be yourself, for the inside to be like the outside. These are extremely high standards and very hard to attain. Jesus' words here, as the woes come to a climax, are some of the strongest to come from his mouth. It's important to note that they are not addressed to ordinary people. Jesus was criticizing powerful leaders who were seeking to exalt themselves and who shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. Don't use the words of Jesus as an excuse to berate ordinary people, or even leaders who are genuinely seeking to point people to Jesus. I need to direct these words at myself. These are challenging words, but the challenge should not be directed at the wrong people. What is so amazing about Jesus' words is that, humanly speaking, he was in a position of great weakness— and yet he was not afraid to take on the powers of his day. And then a short prayer Lord, forgive me for the times when I've failed in these areas. I can't do anything about them. They're done. I thank you for your forgiveness. I don't beat myself up anymore about the past. I lay that at your feet and I receive your full and total forgiveness and freedom of that sin. Help me now to lead a life today of integrity, authenticity, humility, compassion, vision, focus, and generosity, Lord. Help me to have the same concern for my city and my circle of influence as Jesus had for his. It's in your name I pray. Amen. I hope you prayed that um, with me today. It's a powerful word today. And it is, uh, those are some great lessons for us to learn as God continues to shape us to become the leaders that he's called us to be and to live the life that he's called us to live. The narrow way is the, is the way of abundance, friends. I'm constantly reminded of that and I'm constantly tempted not to take that way. It's so much more self-fulfilling and self-pleasing to take my own way. But I ask that the Lord help me surrender and that the Lord help you surrender to His ways because His ways are so much better and so much more fulfilling from a kingdom perspective than anything we might try to do on our own, as tempting and as appealing as it might seem, and even as worthy in the culture around us by the world today, it might seem. It's a tough task to live as a Christian. It's much easier not to be a Christian. It's much easier not to follow Christ, right? Why would I do that to myself? If I didn't have a love for God and a love for Jesus and what he did for me, if I didn't honor, honoring him is much harder to do in my own self, right? It's much harder to do because we don't get that recognition. We're not going to get the recognition of the world. We just have to lay that down. But when we allow him to shape us on the inside, from the inside out, we become become less and less concerned about what the rest of the world thinks and does, and we become more and more concerned of what God thinks and does in being about that in our day-to-day life. And you may think that the things that you do are insignificant, and so they're easy not to do, but they are significant. If you're going to build a legacy— that exalts the Lord, and that's your goal, then it is about the day to day, mundane things. When no one's looking, when no one cares, that's where legacies are made. I encourage you, friends, and as, as I encourage myself, to go for it. Every day is an adventure. Every day is an adventure when you're exalting God. Thanks a lot for being with me today. I pray that it inspires you. If it does or it doesn't, comment about it in the Courageous Community. Go to CourageousCommunity.com and join the Facebook conversation there. Um, I love doing this. I hope you enjoy it as well. I hope you get some value from this too. That's it for me, friends. I'm Eric Nordoff, and I'll be back again on the next episode of CourageCast.